Join me every month for the inspiration to find your finish line. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Find Your Finish Line, presented by Activice, the official topical pain relief partner of Ironman, where you can find it on Amazon, at Walmart, and Ironman.com. I'm Mike Riley, everybody, your host, and this podcast is not only about being able to find your finish line at a race or an event, but in life. I talk to people from all walks of life who have overcome many hurdles and jumped over them to get to their finish lines, and hopefully their stories inspire you to do the same. And the guest that we have on today, I'm very excited to have on. I just love her. She is Lauren Parker from Australia. And a lot of you have heard Lauren's story. You know, in 2015 in Kona, she was second in her age group, coming up on stage in the 20, 25 to 29 age group. And then uh, on her way building up to Ironman Australia in Port Macquarie, had a horrific bike accident that left her where she's at today in that chair. But she got that Paralympic silver medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Hello, Lauren. How are you? Hey, Mike. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for being on. It's always great to see your smiling face because every time I see you, it seems like you're always smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I, try to, I try to always smile anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. I, I absolutely love that. Well, Lauren, uh, you're out of the uh, Newcastle area of uh, Australia, about two hours north of Sydney. Beautiful beaches, the whole deal. How's, uh, how's everybody doing there? How's the family and everyone? Yeah, the family is great. Um, Newcastle is great. I love uh, my hometown of Newcastle. I actually just become citizen of the year for Newcastle, which is a huge <laughs> honor. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that was just last week. So, yeah, very proud of that. But, um, yeah, Newcastle is great. Summer's great. Loving it. Yeah, that's right. You're in your summer. Well, I'm in San Diego, so I'm not complaining about the winter here. That's for sure. Uh, but you, you, you have great summers there. And I did see that Citizen of the Year in Newcastle. Did they give you like a key to the city? You can go anywhere you want and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, but yeah, I felt um, yeah, I was I was honored on the day when I received the award. So they gave you uh, a medal. Is that like a in Australia? What what's the signification? The OAS. Uh, OAM. Oh, I'm not sure. OAM. But OAM. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have that um, title yet, but uh, yeah, I did get a. Um, I did receive a medal for Citizen of the Year um, for my hometown, which yeah, yeah. I just love Newcastle and. It's, I've been, I've traveled around, you know, around the world and I always come back to my hometown of Newcastle feeling like it's, yeah, home and yeah, that's really important to me. And I wish I uh, spent time to all the years that I've come to Ironman Australia up in Foster and then Port Macquarie, I'd, you know, fly into Sydney and then drive up past Newcastle to, to get up to the Great Lakes region there. Uh, it is a beautiful area. It, Lauren, were you introduced? How were you introduced to uh, to Iron Man? Just because of of uh, Iron Man Australia? Well, I started off in triathlon when I was nineteen. I was doing the ITU circuit, 
And then I thought I'd give, you know, Ironman 70.3 a go. So I found out, you know, that about Ironman through um, starting triathlon. And uh, my first Ironman 70.3 I did at Port Macquarie. And that, that was in 2013, pretty sure. And I won my age group. And that's where it all started for me. Like I loved the longer distance triathlons uh, and I just loved the endurance and the challenge of it. Uh, And then I did my first full Ironman in 2014 at Port Macquarie again. That was kind of like your coming out, wasn't it, at the longer distance? Yeah, definitely. Uh, The 70.3 in Port Macquarie in 2013 was where I did my first one and I won my age group and that's where I... um, you know, was opened up to this new world of Ironman and uh, I just loved the challenge and the endurance side of the longer distance. And, um, yeah, I did my first full Ironman at Port Macquarie in 2014 uh, and I just absolutely loved it. I loved everything about Ironman, the um, the atmosphere the and everyone was there uh, going after their own goals, which I, I really loved and uh yeah, I actually won my first Ironman and got my ticket to Kona in 2014, my first one. Yeah, 2015 when you came to Kona, uh, that was your first time there. Did your did your mom come? Who came with you? Well, 2014 was my first time in Kona and then 2015, my second time. Uh, my mom came to uh, Kona in 2015. Uh, so that was really great for her to see me race and um great to have her support there as well. That's fantastic. So tell me what it was like coming up on stage, second in your age group in the in the uh, age group when you came up on stage in Kona. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, I was so happy with my result. Uh, you know, I'd been through a lot over, um, you know, the years I had eight stress fractures before uh, that race uh, during my time of, as a triathlete. So I never actually was able to put, you know, a race together. And even for 2015 in Kona, uh, I still didn't have a, the perfect preparation for my run, my running. I just kept breaking down. But to actually, you know, be able to get, you know, a result on the board and, you know, that be at Kona and second place podium in my age group, um, I couldn't have been more happy and proud to stand up, to stand up there on the podium. Yeah, you had a guy. I mean, you went like 10.07. There's nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially with not, you know, a full run program, run training program done as well. So um, I was very happy with, with the effort. Yeah, that that's something else. Then you get done with that race and you uh, are, uh, you know, going to turn pro and you have a couple of races at the, at the pro ranks. And now you're training for Ironman Port Macquarie uh, to do that race. And uh, a couple of weeks before the race is when you had the, the accident, the bike accident. Uh, that reverberated around the world when a uh, quote-unquote able body athlete all of a sudden has an accident like that and it severed your spinal cord. Uh, you've, you've talked a lot about that accident. You've talked a lot about the recovery. But the questions I want to ask are, uh, you're, everything's mental. I mean, it, it's all mental. How were you able to switch that mode of thinking of that inner desire to be that athlete, go through the, 
horrendous accident you went through, the six, eight months of re- tough you know, hospital recovery, uh, and switch that mindset, Lauren, to get where you're at today, to, to get that silver medal at the Paralympics. Can you take us through that? Yeah, I mean, my life changed in a split second and I thought my life was over, that um, it wasn't possible for me to get back into sport and especially the sport that I loved and, you know, I'd done sport all my life and all I knew was being an athlete and I thought that was all taken away from me and until I found out that it was possible to get into paratriathlon and back to my sport and, um for the first few months after my accident, it was so hard, obviously mentally, to, you know, realize that I would never walk again. Uh, but having uh, sport to go to fall back on definitely saved my life. It uh, it uh, it allowed me to set new goals, which was really important for me, and that's where my mindset sort of changed. Um, was when I was able to start training again and set new goals and, uh, f- you know, have that focus uh, back on my sport. And, uh, yeah, it's about, you know, perspective really for me and um, I really chose to focus on the positives rather than the negatives. Like there was a lot of negatives I could have focused on and, for me to move forward, you know, I, I couldn't dwell on those things. You know, I couldn't change what had happened. Uh, I just needed to focus on, you know, what I could do with my life and how I would move forward. And, you know, I wanted to move forward in, in, in training and in triathlon and see what I could I could do. And it went really fast. Like I, I got out of six months in hospital and got straight back into training straight away and all of a sudden I'm racing around the world uh, in paratriathlon and winning races and, you know, four years later competing at the Paralympics representing Australia. You know, I never would have dreamed that when I was laying in the hospital bed and, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was uh, from the outside looking in like a lot of us and, and uh it was so fast, Lauren. I, I just remember, what, what do you mean she's racing in a race? Didn't she just have the accident like a few months ago? You know, I mean, that's what it seemed like from the outside. Uh, but I've talked to a lot of people who've had accidents and that that month or two afterwards, they sometimes just don't want to even live. Uh, but you were able to switch it around. Do you think you think your athlete mindset, which you've 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 had all your life, is something that that you've you just decided I've got to reset it, and this is now what I'm going to do. Definitely, I mean, all I knew was how to be an athlete, and I'd, I'd been an athlete all my life, so I think it was you know it was the easy part. It was getting back into my sport. Um, but you know there were those dark days there were those times where I didn't want to live anymore even through the last four years um I do have those dark days but you know I get through those I um and that's because of sport and that's um because of triathlon you know you could say that well triathlon ruined my life I could dwell on that or I could 
see it as it saved my life and that's how I see triathlon is that it, you know without triathlon in my life after my accident I I don't know where I'd be to be honest and you know it's the easy part doing sport and doing what I love it's the everyday you know getting through every day with my injury and uh living with pain 24 7 that's the hardest part yeah I uh, obviously have seen some of the, so some of your therapy, you know, playing the guitar and are you still playing the guitar? Yeah, of course. I love it. Uh, good. And, and the, the artwork you've done, you know, showing, uh, in a graphic fashion, your, your back pain and your, and the pain on your face of, of going through some of this stuff. And you had a lot of nerve damage and, and nerve pain is, is the worst, uh, so I understand completely on some of the dark days when, when that happens, when you all of a sudden you find yourself waking up and going, you know, this is just not the kind of day I want to have. And, and you're a little down in the dumps. Do you immediately say, I, I've got to go get a workout in, or, or is there a routine or something you do to pull yourself out of it? That's definitely what I do is, uh, get straight into training. And that's, that is like my therapy. I, it's what I love. It takes my mind off uh, the nerve pain that I have and I get to focus on the other pain I put myself through, um, which is the good pain of training. Um, so that definitely helps me start the day when, you know, it's I'm not having a, a good day and, you know, my pain is like is torturous. Like right now I'm in horrific pain, you wouldn't know, but um, because I've got a smile on my face so, most of the time, um, but from my chest to my feet, I'm, I'm being stabbed with needles. It feels like I'm being stabbed with needles everywhere uh, and, like, my whole body feels like it's on fire and that's the whole, the worst thing about my whole injury. You know, I'd rather get rid of the pain than ever to walk again. Like, it's, it's definitely the hardest thing to deal with, but, again, you know, training helps me through that. So when you're racing, Lauren, uh, and having a tough race, and we'll talk about uh, St. George last September, tough day, uh, do those stabbing feelings, do they, do they subside a little bit? Do they go away? Are they still front of mind or are they back of mind? Tell us about that. The pain is still there, but I'm not, you know, focusing on the pain. I'm focusing on, you know, what I'm doing in that moment, which is racing and and being the best I can be in that moment. So I guess the pain, it's still there, but it's not as bad because I'm not focusing on it. I'm being distracted. And, uh, you know, I, that's why I, I love what I, what I do. I love racing and training because it does take uh, my mind off the everyday pain that I'm living with, um, but definitely, like like when I'm on the starting line of a race, I'm in intense pain already. Jeez, that's you know, I, I don't want to hear any triathletes out there complaining at all anymore. Oh, I've got a little sore shoulder or my knees a little tweaked, and you're sitting in that chair, ready to compete with the best in the world and against the best in the world, and you're sitting there in pain. That is just kind of mind-boggling to me. I, I wow, you're, you're something else. I, the uh, the comment you made a little while ago, Lauren, about triathlon, you knew you could say, hey, it ruined your life, but you have that attitude that it saved your life. 
Then you came out to San Diego, and I forget what year it was, to the Challenge Athletes Foundation race in La Jolla, California. And uh, you saw things that you had never seen before. Tell us about that on some of the young athletes, uh, you know, with the loss of limbs and what they were going through and doing. How did that change your outlook on, on, on your life? Yeah, um, I got a phone call from Bob Babbitt when I was still in rehab and hospital, actually, and he invited me to San Diego to the Challenged Athletes Foundation Triathlon Weekend. Uh, but I was still going to be um, in hospital at the time of the triathlon. So I asked the hospital if I could have five days away to go to San Diego to be part of the event, and they said no. So I signed myself out of hospital straight away and jumped on a plane, and that was the best decision I ever did because it was very negative in there. Uh, and when I turned up to Challenged Athletes Foundation and met everyone that I met there and saw what I saw, you know, it, it definitely changed my life because, you know, I was in a room with 500 other um, people that had disabilities that were far off, far worse off than me and they had um, amazing stories that they'd, they've gone through and, uh they were competing in, or you know, competing in this triathlon this weekend, and I thought, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. And I also saw that every single person had a smile on their face, even though you know they were dealing with what they were dealing with, and they had disabilities worse off than me. And there were kids running around um, without any arms and legs. Uh, just with a smile on their face and that's what I saw everyone was so happy and I thought if they can happy can be happy in their situation then I can be happy uh, and that's where it all changed for me it definitely changed my life um, meeting those people over there and that's when I you know returned back to Australia and started triathlon that was where I got the inspiration and motivation back again for for my sport that Anything is possible as long as you believe in yourself. That darn, that darn Bob Babbitt, he can change people's lives, can he? That son of a gun. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. He's a legend. <laughs> so Paralympics, from that point at CAF and you, you know, saying to yourself, if they can do it, I can do it. And all of a sudden you find yourself in Tokyo on that, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo on that Australian team. And uh, you're competing and you gained the silver medal. But I'll tell you what, Lauren, that was one of the toughest finishes I ever watched. Because if you don't know this, everybody, Lauren did win the silver, but she lost by like a second. And uh, I know you've said, wow, the silver is fantastic. and But that had to be a little bit gut-wrenching at the time, didn't it? It was so gut-wrenching. And you know, uh, yeah, to uh, be beat by a second and, you know, I didn't, things didn't go my way during the race, um, like 800 metres to go, I was lapping the third place competitor and s slowed me down and to lose by a second, it was definitely gut-wrenching, gut but Kendall, um, who won, is an amazing athlete and, you know, yeah, she's a great person and we're great friends and 
but yeah, that was a hard day. And, but I, I really had to think that I've, not many people get a Paralympic Games silver medal, especially four years after an accident and what I'd been through. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely proud as well that day. Uh, I'd been through so much. I'd been through, you know, five spinal cord surgeries, um, lots of other surgeries. Um, during my Paralympic prep, I had, uh, you know, I had a surgery as well. Um, so I had a lot of setbacks that I, I'd had to go through. But, you know, that day at the Paralympics, I was fully prepared. I was on that start line. I couldn't be more fit and I was I was definitely ready to go. So I put everything into the race and, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of um, my Paralympic Games silver medal, definitely. What do you what do you think, Lauren? That race and that day has taught you. Uh, to definitely believe in yourself when you when you think you can't do it. Um, you know, I my Paralympic prep was definitely one of the hardest preps I had to go through to be on that start line fully fully prepared. I had the setback with um, a surgery and, you know, I had to work so much harder than what I th- thought I would have to um, in to be prepared in a short amount of time. Um, yeah. So definitely believing in my preparation and, you know, that's the one thing that is really important. You can't succeed if you don't believe in yourself. So yeah, that's definitely, you know, what I had to, you know, I was thinking during the, during the race, you know, that I am strong, that I, I need to know that I've done, I've done all the hard work and this is just like a celebration, you know, getting the race done and yeah. So this is kind of, Lauren, I don't if, know you, if that explains. <laughs> yeah, Lauren, if you think about it, this is kind of you know the preparation for the Paralympics. You were had some surgeries, and all, and all of a sudden, you're going to race the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in St. George last September. Before that, you go to Las Vegas to do some training uh, in, in the heat, which it's you know you know what that heat's all about now. And then uh, you get in the car and put your what legs up on the dash or against the window and you burn your toes third degree burns what a few weeks before St. George uh and and there was a possibility you would you would lose your toes so do you just like making it harder on yourself during your training for a big event (laughs) (laughs) that's what it looks like doesn't it um yeah it was a a week before (laughs) St. George that I burnt my toes and a week yeah so I after I burnt them you know they blistered up and I thought oh, they'll be fine. I'll just put Band-Aids on them. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, they were getting worse. So when we were driving to St. George, we thought we better go to the hospital. And that's when they told me that how severe they were and that, you know, I had a possibility of losing all my toes. And that that wasn't good. <laughs> I thought, you know, luckily I went to the hospital and I had amazing support with the healthcare system over there and the doctors and nurses they really cared about my situation and they knew that I wanted to get to the race uh even though 
I was, you know, the doctors told me that the best thing was not to race, but I'm like, no, nah, I need to race. I, I'm here. If there's a way, let's find a way. And the nurses really helped me um, get there um, to, to race the Ironman. And they actually, a couple of the nurses came to the race that day to dress my wounds, my toes during uh, transition, like after the swim and then um, before the run. And they were just amazing. It took about 20 minutes to dress my wounds in the race, but that's what what had to be done to um, keep my toes safe. But uh, at least I could be be able to get out there on the race course and and, and compete. And it was the hardest day of my life. <laughs> Yeah, you were uh, taken care of by, you know, the great healthcare workers from Intermountain Healthcare uh, out of St. George area. Everybody, that that is the the title sponsor of the race, and they're a, they're just a beautiful organization and and beautiful people. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that race. We're talking with Lauren Parker, silver medalist, Tokyo Olympics. Uh, she world champion, seventy point three PC athlete. Lauren, let's talk about St. George. Uh, I, you went through a lot of stuff before that. Obviously, we just talked about with the toes being burnt. But you, you talk about that race like, wow, that was just a tough day. What what hit you hard about it being tough that maybe you didn't know or you didn't think about? It was the hardest course I have ever done in my life. And I knew it was hard, but you know, I didn't think it was going to be that hard like it took me three hours longer than <laughs> it would normally take me to do a Ironman 70.3 event and on that bike you know as you know there was four seasons in one day it started off beautiful and sunny and blue skies and then all oh. of a sudden I'm riding into an electrical storm thunder lightning torrential rain and you know, when you're on a hand cycle face up to the sky and you're in torrential rain, it, it's just painful so much on your face and there's nothing you can do about it. And riding through that uh, snow canyon uh, was just so difficult in those conditions. And then, and then after the bike, uh, onto the run leg, after my my feet got uh, changed and the dressings got changed, uh, when it's raining um, in a in a racing wheelchair, your gloves slip on the push rims, so it's pretty much impossible to really push or get anywhere in the rain. So I had to wait until the rain subsided a little bit to be able to uh, start the run leg, and then that was brutal. The run it was like. It felt like it was all uphill the whole time and then like one one kilometre downhill and I, I thought on that first lap, I'm never going to be able to finish this, you know, that it was going through my head and <laughs> I'm not going to finish, I, I kept saying. And um, I thought I'd, I, ha I had to do this course twice when I was on the first lap and after that first lap I thought, I, I can't continue. I was just totally drained. And then I spoke spoke to my um, best friend, Brad, who was on the sidelines, and 
he gave me some encouragement and then I saw the beautiful nurses that were there supporting me on the sidelines as well and that definitely gave me that extra uh, motivation to keep going, that extra strength. And then on that second lap, as I'm going up the hill, up the hills, I see my doctor, who was um, the the doctor that was helping with with my toes. He was there running up beside me, running up the hill. And where do you see that? You get your doctor and and your nurses coming to your event supporting you. So that definitely gave me that extra strength and. Coming down that finish line, I was just, I couldn't be more happy that, that I'd actually done it. So um, plus, you know, I had emotionally that day because I'd been through a lot prior to starting the race, um, not just all the physical stuff that I'd been through with my toes. I was dealing with a lot of emotional, personal stuff at that point as well. So when you're in a race like that, that's so physically hard and you're under emotional stress it makes it even harder uh so for me to finish that day it was one of the proudest moments and to be greeted at the finish line with my best friend and my nurses um was definitely rewarding plus the whole Ironman team the amazing support I had from Ironman was just fantastic I definitely wouldn't be able to be there competing without their support yeah, Iron Man did a great job on the video with you, you know, for the 70.3, the World Championships. And I had never heard that story about your doctor being out there. I mean, who who does that? You just don't hear about that. But there's something about the triathletes and the triathlete community, as you know, Lauren, where people who aren't even triathletes or athletes, like maybe the doctors and nurses, they get enamored with it and they just they just want people to succeed. And I think you... You saw that, you felt that, and and thank goodness they were there. They helped you get to that finish line, huh? Definitely. And that doctor was the one that advised me not to race, and yet he was still there supporting me, which is absolutely fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, too bad your hands got to be on your your chair when you're running, or you could just be pointing at the doctor. I told you I could do it. I told you, you know. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is great. Oh, wow. What a, what a fantastic story. And, and Lauren, bringing you into that finish line was a pure honor. Uh, You know, just over seven hours you came on through and now we know that was probably one of the longest seven hours you were ever ever spend in your life, huh? Yeah, definitely. And the week after I raced Cozumel and I did it in just under five hours. So that's the difference between the two courses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I but I wanna get back to St. George seventy point three again and and race it again. But during the race I said never again when I was when I was I said, there's no way I can do this again, but I want to get back there. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a goal to get back there in May for the 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 Ironman World Championships? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we're talking to Ironman at the moment and to see if I can if it is possible for me to race. Uh, so uh, yeah, I definitely love to get the full distance under my belt as a para athlete, and it would be amazing to race it in St. George as well. Um, and you know you're going to have a support group there that is 
That is unbelievable. Well, well we got to get the doctors and nurses back out, huh? If they, <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm great friends with the whole team now over there. And um, I talk to the nurses weekly. Uh, and one of the nurses, um, yeah, great friends with, she actually come to a couple of other races um, as well when I was over in America and for the Abu Dhabi Paratriathlon World Champs, she came there as well. And yeah, just amazing support I have in St. George. I'm very grateful to have St. George's pretty much my second home now. I, um, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, I certainly, along with everybody else, hope we see you in uh, what they call what the land of endurance. We, we, you, we know that for sure. That is an endurance land. <laughs> that's not easy to get through, but I think you're gonna yeah. do you're gonna do just fine if you're there in May. Hold on, everyone. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. As an endurance athlete, you're constantly pushing your body to new limits, searching for your personal best for the next finish line. If you're training for an endurance event, whether it's short distance or long distance, proper recovery is the key to you unlocking your potential. As the official topical pain relief partner for the Ironman US series, Activice's lineup of topical cooling gel, roll-on and spray, features 8% menthol and eucalyptus oil to provide the instant icy relief you need to recover smarter and faster. The water-based non-sticky formula withstands sweat to keep up with the demands and exertion of race day. Don't let muscle pain or sprains hold you back from reaching your potential, from reaching your personal best. Shop the Activices lineup on Amazon today for the support you need to find your finish line. Lauren, how 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 is the uh, you know now you're 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 in a different world as a challenge athlete. Uh, how is it in Australia? Uh, you know, you've come over here with the, with the uh, CAF and the race and all that stuff. Uh, how are challenge athletes taken care of or treated uh, in Australia? Uh, yeah, so I um, come into the sport and I found, like, in my experience that, you know, I was well supported and, you know, accepted uh, in when I first come into the world of para sports and, uh, but I know a lot of people, uh, don't feel that way. And there is a big gap, uh, between, you know, being accepted, you know, as a, as a para athlete, but also just as a person with a disability, uh, outside of being an athlete, just with my disability, it is, um, obviously different and you're accepted differently within the community. I feel like, uh, I still feel like um, that you are looked at differently uh, rather than if you are able-bodied. And I don't know, I just like changing, trying to change people's perceptions and what they see a person with a disability as. You know, we can, we're just differently abled. Um, We can do... Well, a lot more things than a lot, a, a lot more things than a lot of people, and just differently, and it's thing things are just more challenging. Uh, but yeah, I, I, in my experience, that yeah, you know, when I'm walking through down the street, I feel like 
some people just look at you like you're not normal and um, that's discouraging. But yeah, you just try and get on with life and look past that. But, yeah, I've been ex- accepted as a para-athlete when I got into the world of para-sports though and I felt really supported from Australia and uh, triathlon community um, especially. Yeah, and, and, you know, Lauren, keep in mind, dis- the disability gives you the ability to change people's minds. And I'm sure with every word and action that you uh, you have, you're you're doing that over there and throughout the world. That is that is uh, a beautiful thing. Well, how do you how do you balance now your training life uh, and your your regular lifestyle, you know, of having fun, of going out and and the whole deal. Are you able to keep that balance? Yeah, I mean, I don't go out a lot. A lot. Um, my whole life is uh, training and, and, and <laughs> racing. And But I, in my down times, I do like to play guitar, as um, you said, and I, I like, I'm very artistic. I like to draw and paint and, uh, I, yeah, I love music and I do – um, make sure I have time to spend with friends and uh, enjoy going out for lunch and dinner and catching up with with friends. So that's my way of keeping balance. Uh, but you know, I make sure I get all my training done first because that that is my therapy and that is my what I love to do. A lot of people say they sacrifice a lot of things um, for their sport, but I say I've never sacrificed anything because sport and triathlon is what I chose choose to do, and it's what I love to do. So I've I've never sacrificed anything for to to do my training or to do um, the sport that I love because that's what I choose. Good for you. Good for you. How has the last, you know, year and a half, two years, as we all know, with with COVID, has that made it a little uh, less easy for you to navigate and get around and go out or train uh, because of the uh, restrictions that we all, you know, have to live under? Uh, Initially, when uh, the lockdowns started, you know, 18 months ago, uh, when the Paralympics were postponed, uh, it was it was harder because the pools were closed. You couldn't swim, uh, but I was completing all my other training indoors I, in my garage and my with a home trainer. Um, I really got addicted to Zwift during that period. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people did. Um, <laughs> but you know, I swimming was just the hardest part when all the pools were closed for for a few months. There, once the pools were open, then it was it felt like getting back to normal. So I didn't, I wasn't set back too much. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just during that period. And then, uh, the recent lockdown in Australia, I was over in America, um, after Tokyo. So, um, making the most of, um, you know, being out of Australia when everyone else was in lockdown. Yeah. And it's, I, I, you know, I always go to Ironman New Zealand the 1st of March. Obviously I didn't in, uh, 2021, and uh, I can't go again this March, and it's just it's tough. I, I you know we've got to all pivot and readjust, and and hopefully we can get back to where we can go wherever we want to go soon enough. Lauren, what what advice? I've got so many age groupers out there that 
you know, have gone through tough times, difficult situations, and nobody can compare one to the other. But what kind of advice would you give the age groupers out there uh, to be able to try to maintain and keep their positive attitude? What advice do you have for them? Yeah, um, firstly, always believe in yourself because you are stronger than you than you think. There's no such thing as the word can't. Um, you know, I've always, uh, with uh, what I've been through, uh, that's what I always say. There's no such thing as can't. Anything is possible, but you have to believe in yourself. And also um, something that I do in order to push through those obstacles or bad days that, that I have is um, to, I always think about what I'm grateful for. Um, every week I write down the things that I'm grateful for in life and that's what I choose to focus my attention on rather than uh, the things I don't have or can't do or, um, you know, focus on rather than focus on, yeah, what I can't do in terms of my injury and um, I always try and, yeah, look to those things for positivity and in order to move forward. So I, I guess that would be um, something that I, some advice that I would give to age groupers is just be grateful about what what you can do and rather than focus on what the things you can't. Um, if I, if I may and, ask, yeah. Lauren, what did you write down being grateful for this week? Uh, being grateful that I'm in, um, in summer weather. <laughs> um, I, I don't like winter, so it's <laughs> been a great summer and I, I like the warm weather. I'm grateful for uh, my friends and my family uh, and that I'm healthy, um, I, you know, healthy in my body that I'm getting through my um, – my injuries with my burns, but well, I've got a new burn. Did did you did you know, did you know that? A new I, burn. Bur- yeah. No, tell me about that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I just got through five months of getting through my burnt toes, and then in a training session a couple of weeks ago, I was in my racing chair, and my uh, ankles were up against the metal foot plate. Um, that my ankles go up against it when I'm in a racing chair and it was hot and my one of my ankles was burning during an hour training session and uh, oh. I've just had so I've just had to have a skin graft last week uh, because if I didn't have the skin graft I would have lost my foot so that's how bad it is and um, so just as I'm getting over my burnt toes, I now burn, have another burn. And so I've got two wounds on me now from the skin graft that was taken from my thigh is now on my foot. Um, so that, yeah, I just had that done. Yeah. Just last week. And so that's just something else I've got to get through, but I'm still grateful that I'm, I'm healthy. I'm telling you what, listening to you, I'm at a loss for words because You've gone through hell already, but it seems like these little pieces of hell just keep coming at you and uh, throwing things your way. But your attitude about it is yeah. like, uh, I, I love it when you say, oh, did you hear about my, my latest burn, my latest one? Yeah. It's just been one thing after the other, especially in the last six months, just one thing after the other. And 
But yeah, I choose to be grateful. And another thing that I would say is um, I really like journaling. I just writing down anything and everything about what I'm going through or the good and bad stuff. Um, so that's some advice that I'll give to other people if they're um, going through a tough time or if they're not just journaling really, really helps me get through, get through those times. And, um, it also gives you something to read back on when you're struggling. So that's definitely, um, something that I do regularly. Regularly. Good for you. Uh, Lauren, the, the last question on find your finish line, I call it tri-table racing. It comes out of the Baja 1000 uh, racing down in the Baja in Mexico below us here in San Diego. And I've got buddies and friends that race down there. And afterwards, they get together and sit around at the table. They call it table racing. And they reminisce about the race. You know, they BS with their friends and the other drivers and all that good stuff. So I call it tri-table racing. So, so reminisce with us. Yeah, you, we talked about a lot of races and things you've done, but reminisce with us about any event, whether it was your first 5K you ran when you were, you know, 12 or whatever you want. Reminisce with us about an event and a memory of that event. You pick anything you want. Yeah, so what comes to mind would be, um, what year was it? Twenty. Um, yeah, it was 2015. Ironman Port Macquarie uh, during that event. So I'd, it was my second Ironman Australia because I did it the, in 2014. But 2015, I was uh, having the race of my life. I was winning um, all age groups. So I was the lead female out of all age groups and I was at well, at 170 kilometres into the bike. So I had like 10k to go, I was going around uh, a corner at a sharp bend and there were athletes around me and there was a pothole right in my, just right in my line and I hit the pothole and I crashed my, my bike. Um, that was at one, the 170 kilometer mark. So I, all I was thinking was, you know, getting off the bike and now I was, I'd crashed my bike and I was on the side of the road for an hour and a half just watching people, just watching all the other athletes go past and I had a broken uh, bike so my handlebar was snapped. I also had um, a broken shoulder and my knee was hurt and I was waiting for the mechanic to come and fix the wheel on my bike so that I could hopefully get going again so it was took an hour and a half and it was right before going up Matthew Flinders the the yeah. steep hill yeah. at Port Macquarie so I after an hour and a half I got back on my bike and started uh, pedaling very slowly so that I could try try and get back to transition but I still had to get up Matthew, Matthew Flinders so to my embarrassment I had to get off and walk up because the I had no leverage because the handlebar was snapped. <laughs> and then anyway, I'm after a long time, I made my way back into transition uh, with my broken shoulder and my knee, which was killing me. And they wrapped my shoulder up, wrapped my knee up, and I started the, the marathon. And 
by this time, I think I was about fourth in my age group uh, and I was just running away and about halfway through the run, you know, I was in so much pain. I thought, um, you know, with my knee, I thought, you know, I can't continue on. I need to stop. And I was walking and everything. But I was just walk running, walk running and uh, so much pain. And I'm running like with my, my arm like this with all wrapped up. And then I started passing some people and then I started uh, moving up in my, my age group I, to third place and then second place. And then I actually saw first place um, as we were running past the opposite way and I thought, well, I could, I could maybe win it win my age group today <laughs> and um, even with uh, 90 minutes on the side of the road. So I was running and it was it turned dark, unfortunately, and um, I all of, all of a sudden run past the, the first place goal and I was in first position and I ended up winning that day um, the Ironman. But going through all that, you know, it, it's – Great that I was able to go through all that and still um, ha- have a win because no matter me thinking back now, no matter anything that you go through, you've always got the strength, um, as I said before, if you believe in yourself that you can do it and not give up. And that I, ne- I never give up unless it's down to, you know, the worst I never give up and that's really important and that's what I really showed to myself that if you've got a never give up attitude then you can finish or you can reach your goal and that was a hard day that day. Well Lauren your your uh your strength uh, is is so inspiring. Uh by the way what's your middle name? My middle name is Anne A-N-N-E, which is my mom's name. Well, that's your, that's your, that's your mom's name. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you, no disrespect to your mom, but I think I may change your middle name to Lauren Adversity Parker. Because every, every, every race you've got adversity and that's how you shine. Yeah. That That's who you are. <laughs> it's yeah, just amazing yeah. to me. I love it. Well, Lauren Ann Parker... I so hope that you're going to be with us in St. George in May at that world championship. And then obviously again in Kona in October. Uh, so all I want to be able to say to you is, is thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I wish you nothing but the Aloha spirit that you, uh, you deserve. And I hope in the training up until St. George, everything goes nice and smooth for you. Thank you. I hope so. I hope that there's no more burns and no more setbacks and, it's all smooth sailing for the for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay away from all that hot stuff, Lauren. So, yeah, thank yeah. you again, my dear. I uh, can't wait to see you in May. You are you are very very special. Uh, I know you are to the world, to to our sport, to triathlon, and we're blessed to have you in our sport. Thank you. Thanks again, everybody, for joining me for Find Your Finish Line, presented by Activice the official topical pain relief partner of Ironman. Find it today on Amazon, at Walmart, at Ironman.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and become notified of upcoming shows that we'll have. And give us a review, if you would. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. As you know, you can pick it up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, uh, or right from my website, 
MikeRiley.net. Thank you again, everybody. Always keep in mind, your attitude is everything. If you take care of it, it will take care of you. My warmest aloha.